Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with my co-host who's being extremely mischievous. What? What is this? What is this? What is this? I've been now streaming from the same bedroom <laughs> in a different universe. How is this possible? Check out all my Funko Pops, everybody. This is weird. <laughs> How you're this is I'm shook. I'm shook. I am here. You are here. Yeah. You are also there, and I am also there. This is impossible. But I'm <laughs> amazed. And for anybody listening to the podcast, nobody has any idea what just happened. Kirk just did the craziest. I don't even know how it's technologically possible. Did you just pull a green screen up from the earth? Is that what happened? Did you just conjure one? Yes. Kind of like Mary Poppins. I've got a bag down here and I just. <laughs> That's what it looks like. And, and uh, magically appeared. You have same summoned background. my exact background down to every single, every single piece of it. Exactly Every single right. Funko Pop in exact updated order. You could look behind you and it's exactly the That's same. right. You That's asked me for a picture of my background. I assumed it was for interior design. Uh, this is how pompous I am. Uh, this is how narcissistic. I was like, oh, yes, of course. You can take a look. Now I see what the plan was all along. Yes, yes. I, want to, I am so envious of your setup and yet not confident enough to pull the trigger in my own space that I'm like, you know, what if I just live uh, yeah. virtually in your space for a little while? So it's for the certainly next eight months, I'm going to try this out. It's certainly a lot easier. And, I, and I'm glad to hear that you and that you like my setup. I'm, I'm quite self-conscious of my setup. In fact, I like it. I am happy with it, but I will say this floating shelves are pro- probably the worst invention in the history of the world because they look good. Everybody kind of enjoys floating shelves like that, but the hardware is always terrible and the experience of yeah. hanging them is always a disaster. It has brought me to the edge, to the limits of my mental health many times, many, many times. <laughs> uh, I'm shelves. going to invent a floating shelf that once you install the hardware, like it has some sort of like balancing act inside of it. So it automatically yes. levels itself. So you can't mess it up. Because, Gyroscopic. Yeah. Yes. The amount of times I've put the first screw in and then the second screw and I've been off by like a millis, whatever. I a millisecond, <laughs> a, a millisecond, just off by right. a millisecond. I have just been so enraged. Then you have to build, put a, like four new holes in. I know. You can't just move it. No, no, you can't. It is. It's too close. Oh, dude. Oh, just rage. thinking this about it right now. Hardware it. talk with Cam and Kirk. I can feel ladies it, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, you threw me for a loop there, Kirk. Um, so I don't know where I was, but basically, with my co-host Kirk, I am your other co-host Cam. This is popcorn for breakfast. I have to reacquaint myself with the show because we had something weird happen that has never happened ever. Um, not just in the history of this podcast, but in the history of ever, which is that you and I took precisely back to back vacations to the point where like you were still like the day that you came back, I left. So we didn't, we didn't even like overlap you know, right. it was like an exact changing of hands, like a tag team wrestling match. <laughs> and right. both of our vacations were to Disney World. So it really was just like you were like, oh, I'm leaving Disney World. You're going to Disney World. And we took we took turns. So it was a very odd thing. 
Yeah, uh, so odd that one of us, uh, I won't mention who, uh, had a very wonderful time and only had two mild uh, episodes of rain. There might have been 30 minutes of rain on two separate days. And the other one was smack dab in Disney World in the middle of Hurricane Ian. That's right. That was me. I was smack dab in (laughs) Disney World in the middle of Hurricane Ian. And it's, it's a funny thing to be in Disney in a hurricane, I've never had this happen before, but it, it does happen. Um, it's Florida. Um, but hurricanes don't always make landfall in Florida. And when they do, by the time they reach Orlando, they are usually pretty weak because Orlando is very inland. And I was glad that that was the case because that's certainly what we experienced as well. But it was still a hurricane by the time it reached us. It was not yet weakened all the way to a tropical storm. Um, but I'm thankful that you know, as I was thinking about it, sitting there, I was like, you know, if this thing did come through as like a cat three or whatever, just like by whatever crazy weather meteorological phenomenon, there's right. probably no safer place than Disney World, right? Like, you have to think they've got it pretty well figured out. Right. Don't you think that if it was, you know, it comes down to it and the threat is upon them and they see like, no, this thing's going to wipe us out. Don't you think they're going to throw open this giant door in the floor and invite you into the cast members catacomb of tunnels yeah, and something, just say you're safe here. They have such airtight security protocols. Like I often talk about how there's like nowhere safer on earth that I feel than at Disney world. Like when you're at Disney world, you're just like, nothing bad is going to happen. Like nothing could ever bad happen here. Um, that was a terrible sentence, but even being there during a hurricane, I was like, they have something figured out, you know, like surely this place is like Fort Knox when it comes to withstanding things. So I, I felt right. good the whole time, though it was pretty ominous. And I, I posted this on my personal social media, I think, when we came home from the parks on Tuesday, which was the day before Ian was to reach Florida. There was housekeeping came to our room, but not to do any sort of housekeeping, just to leave a flashlight on the bed. (laughs) So they were like, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but hey, there's a chance the power is going to go out. Here's a tiny flashlight. Best of luck to you. (laughs) And and that place, (laughs) like, I kid you not, it went from zero to Lord of the Flies, like, snap of your fingers. It was over. Like, Wednesday... When the parks were closed, everybody's basically trapped on the resort because nobody can check in, nobody can fly out, nobody felt safe driving out. So if you're there, like you're there. And they had no real food protocols other than they were basically like, we will get you food. And so they turned off like the mobile ordering and just let it become a free-for-all in the cafeteria, which was just mayhem. Like literally I waited in line for two and a half hours no. to get chicken strips for my kids. I'm not even joking. Oh. Two and a half hours. And I didn't even get to ride a ride at the end of it. They weren't even oh. like, here's, it's a small world. <laughs> have fun. It was like, no, here's chicken strips that you have to pay for. <laughs> it was, it was rough. But other than that, it was, it was fine. My, oh my, that is, that is a lot. I, I don't think I would be able to wait. I think, I would have door dashed it from we, the so that was the thing. We tried that too. We tried that too. We tried Uber Eats. Uber Eats was doing it for a while. And yeah. then they they did this thing where it was like, you know, a hurricane warning has been declared as such. We're discontinuing all of our delivery service because they don't want the liability, which I understand as well. Um, right. But it never really got that crazy there, which was kind of what made the thing even more frustrating because it's like 
someone could drive. Like if I had had a car, I would have driven to Taco Bell to get food, but you know, they, they didn't want to put people in danger. And I certainly understand that, but it was uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience. Not one that you get every day for sure. Right. Well, I am thankful that you made it through Hurricane Ian uh, unscathed, as there are many that uh, have lost lots of damage and destruction and stuff. So yes. I'm thankful that you were in Disney versus lower the coast. Yeah, Fort Myers. People, oh, Fort Myers oh and the, the people of Cuba. I don't know if their power is back on still. And um, yeah, we're just we're just uh, it's it's so fascinating how close we can come to crazy things versus someone else. It's like our own multiverse, much like my green screen versus yeah. your office. Yeah. Or am I in the office? Right. And you're in the green. That's screen? the thing is like I'm, I'm mm. now questioning my own reality here. I wish I could Willy Wonka like pick something up off my screen and like Hold it up. Yeah, like Wonka Vision. That would be cool. Yes. That would be cool. <laughs> um, but yes, very, uh, very thankful to be through that experience and safe. And hopefully, you know, the others who were not as fortunate are are finding a way to pick up the pieces. So we are back. Our Disney trips are over. We got all Disneyed out. <laughs> it's sad. Today hit like a ton of bricks. I'm not going to lie. It was it was brutal. More More brutal than most return from vacation days at work. But... We survived it, and uh, now we're back to talk about some some movie and TV news, Kirk, because that world has kept spinning, even though we've been gone, and I think we've gone at least two full weeks without a what's popping um, since we've talked about stuff, so we're not going to try to catch up on everything, but I do want to talk about some of the big stuff, Kirk, so whenever you're ready, let's, let's get into it. Um, here's my wand. Yes. And abracapop. That was a terrible spell. Absolutely abysmal. I'm just impressed with your preparation this week with the mirroring my background, which is next level. And the wand, it really does, it's starting to feel very magic. And um, this is perhaps a good time to mention that later this week on Thursday, our review of Hocus Pocus 2 will be dropping anywhere you listen to or watch our podcast. Um, And I say that uh, I'm being presumptuous because we haven't recorded it yet we're going to record it right after we get off of here but i assume that it will be good and and ready to go unless some some further act of god occurs that that stops it but look forward to that but yes until that time let's talk about this week's movie and tv news kirk there were some big ones I, i felt like i was trying to stay unplugged from everything while on vacation but really like reading movie news and stuff is part of my vacation i like to be able to bask in that stuff um while i'm away like get to read about it and have fun uh doing whatever i want so the big news that happened was deadpool 3 deadpool 3 and and it's not the announcement right it's not the announcement that deadpool 3 is coming we knew deadpool 3 was coming we've known about it for a while it was it was the first fox property to move over to the MCU to be announced and you know we're all excited about the R rating and everything's kept in place and it's going to be the same exact character but then we got this dropped on us Kirk that Deadpool 3 will feature the return of Hugh Jackman as Logan as Wolverine uh, making him the first legit X-Man to appear in the MCU um you know, really ever. Anybody who's actually been affiliated with the X-Men 
will be here. And of course, it's probably... I don't know, Kirk, is it like, is it hyperbole to say that he's like the most iconic superhero on the screen ever? I mean, he's acted as this hero how many times? Like an infinite number of times. And like, you think Hugh Jackman, you think Wolverine, they've become sort of synonymous. I feel like this is a colossal deal. Right. Uh, At first, I thought you were talking about just superheroes. And I would say, well, yeah, Spider-Man. But you're absolutely right. Like, there's three of them. Uh, There's more. All right. You got Miles Morales. But with... Wolverine, it's Hugh Jackman all the way. There's never been another uh, uh, mainstream interaction. Not a fan film, not what you do in your backyard, a real <laughs> production of Wolverine. Yeah, this is this is going to be great. I, I feel like because of his role in the Marvel Universe now in the MCU, uh, he's got to be most one of the most recognizable people on the face of this planet, for better or for worse, for Hugh Jackman. Absolutely. And I know that there was the Professor X thing in Multiverse of Madness, which I actually, I rewatched that movie on an airplane um, during the the trip. It was one of the free movies they had on Southwest, which I was thankful for because my kids were hogging the iPads, which was very rude and and frankly inconsiderate of them. But the Professor X thing, I I don't count because that was such a, it's just a cameo. I, I like that to me. Very few, very little spoken dialogue, very little actual MCU relevance. It just felt way more gimmicky. Whereas this is like, he is going to co star in this movie, similar to how Josh Brolin's cable did in Deadpool 2, alongside Ryan Reynolds. And it's a huge deal. And, and then the way that they've explained it, which is sound, is that Logan, if you'll remember, takes place in the future. That movie is set in, I think, 2029 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like that when it was released, they, they said that it was X number of years in the future. So technically, this can occur without any sort of retconning or virtual, like, multiversal garbaggio that they have to do to resurrect him. I think the only thing that where, where it becomes canonically, like confusing is that Deadpool does reference the death of of Wolverine in Deadpool 2, but Deadpool (laughs) exists in this sort of like fourth wall breaking nether realm where he can see and reference things outside of like in the real world in his movie, so I don't think it causes too much of a mess. Are you are you okay with that explanation here? I'm fine with that one. I've also heard a theory running around that as he time travels at the end of Deadpool 2, at the opening of Deadpool 3, he's going to keep on time traveling until he wraps right up until Wolverine's about to die uh, in Logan, and then he just saves him. And then they go on. <laughs> like Maybe he gives yeah. him a serum uh, to like do something, right? And then they go on an adventure, what, what this looks like. That's also a possibility, which I'm down for either one. Really, either one. Yeah, it's possible that this event right could could set Logan on a different trajectory to where he does not end up dying. I would I don't know how I feel about that though, Kirk. Like are you okay with that? Are you at peace with that? Cuz I love Logan. I think that movie is awesome. Yeah. I think that movie is fantastic and I love the way that they left that character. I felt like it was such a true homage and representation, like the purest send-off for him. So if you were to come back and play this character in X number of films going forward in the MCU, would that be, would that feel right? What if 
it's a Nexus event. And as soon as Deadpool sweeps him away, the TVA pops in. Yeah. Resets the timeline. Could be. Hello. That could be fun. Huh? It could be. A I think. Tie-in. I think there are ways they can they can do it. Um, I'll be interested to hear. I was surprised that Hugh Jackman was down to return at all because he spoke with with a decent amount of finality as it related to Wolverine. And also, it's a hard character to play. You have to be in insane physical conditioning. And he has spoken about how difficult that has been to maintain for all these years. I mean, certainly as, as he ages, that is hard to do. It's hard for anybody to do. And um, the level of physique that you have to get to to play this role is no joke it takes a lot of chicken breast and broccoli and a lot of long <laughs> days of working out um so I, i'm 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 intrigued but i'm ultimately just staying in the now i'm very excited about this concept for a movie they had kind of teased it at the beginning saying like oh this was the original idea for deadpool 3 before we got acquired by disney so it doesn't come to me as a complete surprise i i, I doubt many people view this as like a complete surprise but it is really cool that it's happening um do you feel like you know we had an interesting comment from tim on on facebook that was i wish i didn't know this information and i think that that mm-hmm. is something that is becoming more of a topic of discussion now with these bigger plot reveals, twists, and things like that. It's like, well, it takes a lot of the wind out of the sails of the movie. On the one hand, they have to get people to show up, so they have to kind of reveal the gimmick. But on the other hand, it's like, how much cooler would it have been to not know? Like, I I felt oftentimes during No Way Home and people kind of like internet sleuthing that whole thing down, it became... became kind of like not fun and kind of gross towards the end where it was like okay now now it's just not fun like taking pictures of them at the airport on set like now now this is just like it's not pure anymore where, where do you stand on all that i feel i feel the same way because i feel like yes we need to get butts and seats but they could have done that in a different creative way like um I don't know, just like some other shiny object that dies within the first 15 seconds of the movie. And then all of a sudden Wolverine steps out. And ha- and if no one had a clue to that, that would be incredible. And I feel like to some degree, we got some of that in phase one, definitely phase two, and even hello, Avengers Assemble. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. One of the most incredible cinematic scenes now uh, that will live on forever. You know, none of those moments were known and because of that, that that mystery is gone. So it hurts a little bit. I guarantee you the marketers would have found a different way to do this had they been given that direction versus going headstrong, dead on with Wolverine as the, the vehicle to fuel the ticket sales. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's tough, man. It's such a tough balance because you and I, we follow this stuff so closely and we, we, we're always jazzed when we get the big nugget of like, oh my gosh, so-and-so's in this movie. And it is exciting. But then there's a period of time after that, after, after the dust sort of settles where you go, man, how cool would it have been if I learned that in the theater? If I learned it as I was watching it, that would have been a, a totally sick reveal. It would, have, it would have just changed the, like my in-cinema experience would have been completely life-changing. And instead it's like, I'm figuring out from 
a bunch of schmoes on Twitter <laughs> who who like yes. saw them at the airport or whatever. You know, that's yes. it's, it's tough. It is tough. It'd be also funny to look back on this movie in like 30 years and then be reminded of the the bromance that yeah. Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds had that basically fuel the excitement of this just because they're off screen chemistry friendship from all the way from the failed Wolverine film that Deadpool was first introduced with the sewed up lips, right? Yeah. Like that part, I forget often. And that, that I'm like, wait, why am I so excited for these two to share the screen? Oh, it's because they like rib each other all the time. They're, they're, they're it's been in the jokes. making for so long oh. off the screen that it's like, wow, now the buildup was here and now we're actually going to get it. I know it's, yes. it is exciting. It's exciting. So we'll keep an eye on that. Deadpool 2 is, a, or sorry, Deadpool 3 I'm falling behind here. Deadpool 3 is officially slated to release in 2024 in September of 2024. So that means that both Fantastic Four and Deadpool 3, both of which are the first MCU properties to to heavily feature Fox characters um, or characters that were previously Fox, will be releasing in 2024. So that those will be the earliest movies in which we get some of those characters. Um it sounds like a full-fledged X-Men movie is still a ways away, but you have to feel like we're getting we're getting closer. We're getting closer, so uh, we shall see. All right, moving along, let's talk about something that's really close in. Let's talk about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We got a new trailer um, this week as tickets went on sale. It's another two-minute long trailer. It features a lot of new footage, some stuff that we've seen before, but a ton of new footage. And the film is now, I mean, just I think November 11th is the official release date, which makes it a month and a week. So, so five weeks away from getting our eyes on this movie. But what this trailer features is certainly a couple of things that are interesting. Establishing Namor as and the Atlanteans as an adversarial sort of force, which I felt like was ambiguous in the first couple of trailers. It's like, yeah, the Atlanteans are here, but what what are they playing? In this case, it seems like there is a clear Wakanda versus Atlantis that is happening, at least on a micro level. The other thing we get in this trailer are a couple things I'm excited about. A lot more M'Baku, Winston Duke's M'Baku, a lot more Shuri um, and more Ironheart. Um, as you'll see later in the trailer, we actually get a full-fledged look at um, Riri Williams in the Ironheart suit, flying around, doing her thing. We get to see her uh, face inside the suit, similar to all those shots we got of RDJ talking to Jarvis inside the suit. We get that sort of look at it. Um, but we also get at the very end here, Kirk, a look at the front of the new Black Panther suit with clearly a female inside of it who you would almost have to speculate at this point is Shuri. Um, so, Kirk, I have to have to ask you, what's your reaction to this as we see the, the clip of the new Black Panther there at the very end? What's your take? Who's in the suit? What all are you? What all are you looking at from this trailer? I still think it's Lupita. I really do. I I think there are a couple of 
uh, I don't know, a couple of fake outs. Uh, there's also a chance that maybe both of them hop in the suit at some point, And maybe by the end of it, they say, all right, you take it on most of the you take it on weekdays. I'll take it on weekends. Right. Uh, but I think it's I think it's Lapita. Uh, that's that's who I'm, I'm staying with. Um, I also love that Namor's flying ankle cuffs around his feet. Right. That allow him to just like just like lift into the air. That's pretty fun. And I really just like the shape of this. Uh, this trailer a whole lot more like the first one I think was so strong and, and so great but it gave us just visuals right and now we this this one of course gave us the picture the painting of the story it's kind of unraveling a little bit for us uh, I think between uh, between Namor's land and, and Wakanda I think we're really going to get a resources war because as we know Wakanda is rich in resources or at least they were before Killmonger destroyed the whole crop of Wakanda Black Panther uh, flower juice right so who knows how that will also affect their agriculture if that was fueling their land if there's going to be conflict uh, of how they're going to sustain their life from that like there's so many there's so many threads that are possible here that make this so endlessly enticing and for that reason i'm so pumped for wakanda forever yeah i think certainly you're you're right this is going to be about resources this is going to be about wakanda the nation being under attack they have gone to They've gone out of their way to sort of paint Ramonda, um, which is Angela Bassett's character, T'Challa's mother, um, as definitely under some stress, <laughs> right? Yeah. She, mm -hmm. like, every soundbite you get of her is like, you know, they think our protector's dead, I've done everything I can for this kingdom type of thing, and so it feels like she's going to need some help holding the pieces together, and... Yeah, it's just a full-fledged siege. I mean, there's there's also this... There's definitely inklings of, like, other parties at play here. You know, you get the kind of, like, military covert ops ship uh, yeah. kind of hanging out in the water that we see a couple times with the Atlanteans kind of, like, climbing up it. So it'll be interesting to see how this comes together. But with this trailer and with the tickets being released, and of course, it's available in every format you could ever want or imagine IMAX real D whatever um, they did reveal the official runtime for this movie Kirk which is going to be two hours and 41 minutes long which I believe makes it the second longest MCU film ever behind um, Endgame Endgame yeah yeah so Kirk I have I have to backtrack here because I think a few I don't know how long ago it was, but at one point I was like, all these people with their with their runtime watching, it's all poppycock. They should not be watching it. It has nothing to do with how good the film's going to be. And for specifically for the MCU, I am changing my tune on that. Because since that time, we got Multiverse of Madness, which was short and felt way, way, way rushed, in my opinion. And then you get Thor Love and Thunder, which was short and felt way like, I don't know. It just felt so, it was the opposite. It was like Multiverse of Madness was like overfilled, overstuffed with MCU. And Thor Love yeah. and Thunder was like understuffed and underfilled. Like it had a great core 
plot through it, but it didn't have the extra stuff that makes the MCU so cool. Um, right. So I, I'm now like, I, I have to admit that when I saw two hours and 41 minutes, I was like licking my chops like, oh, yes, let's go. <laughs> let's 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 build this thing out. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, the same thing. My initial thoughts are I've been drinking a lot of water uh, recently and I'm not going to drink water the day that I see this at all. I'm going to no. dehydrate myself so I can have full uninterrupted Wakanda Forever runtime. I think that, yeah, you're, you're exactly right with you can't develop the proper story without the proper time. And both of those movies were they ran shorter than they should have. They ran gimmicks over uh, over substance or they ran runtime to make people think maybe they thought that the goal was to just get them in it wouldn't be as much time away from life for for multiverse of madness specifically but no everyone wanted to see that movie everyone was anticipating a long runtime i think it should be two hours and 30 minutes is the minimum mcu movie going forward i think that's the best move possible it almost has to be that way unless it's an initial installment if it's a sequel if it's a sequel there's just no way there's no way there's too many ties that that draw these movies together and you have to in some ways it's like you don't want to overdo it 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 is a delicate balance but there has to be something there has to be something that ties it all together because that's that's the real appeal of things right now with the mcu um going back to your thoughts on nakia lapita and yango's character being the one in the suit you know I would love that. Like, I, I would. I, I love that character. I love Lapita and Yango. I, I would dig it. And maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. It's just like, if, if you rewatch the first movie, it almost already feels like they're setting up the transfer of the mantle to Shuri at some point. And with it being, like, backed by the comics that she that she wears the suit, I don't know. I I go back and forth. Obviously, they haven't showed us who it is. It would be it would be cool. It would be really cool if it was Nikia. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. But Black Panther: We're Kind of Forever is coming at us fast. <laughs> I'm fine with either with either, but my money's on Lupita. Let's that make a would bet. be the left hook because I feel like I do feel like everybody at this point is like it's Shuri. Like I see people just like openly talking about it as if like it's it's not even like there's no discussion and i feel like there's definitely still a discussion even though i'm leaning heavily shuri at this point um but there are other people who are just like so shuri's the new black panther you know they're just like talking they're just talking <laughs> they about are it. um they so are. i mean no one's throwing angela bassett's name into the hat and i think that's just <laughs> rude i think she could very well play this role as well i'll tell so. you what man after seeing the woman king they just need to they just need to cast like you need to take Lashana Lynch or or Viola Davis and just be like, you know what, you're you're ready to go. Let's just let's fire yep. it up. Um, yep. A couple of other Marvel quick hits I want to I want to get to real quick before we move on to the other stuff. And there is stuff outside of Marvel this week that we want to talk about. Um, but first is Avengers Secret Wars, which will be the climax and finale of. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say the climax, but it will be the the climactic finale of Phase Six in this trio of phases that they are dubbing um, the multiverse saga it will be written by Michael Waldron who is sort of becoming known um, around Marvel Studios as the author of the multiverse Um, he famously was the screenwriter um, behind Loki as well as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness which are the two 
pieces of the MCU so far in Phase 4 to delve deepest into the multiverse, and he has obviously worked extremely closely with Kevin Feige on bringing the multiverse to life, establishing the rules, and so forth. Um, it's also known that he's working with Kevin Feige on a Star Wars film that Kevin Feige is producing at the moment. Kirk, knowing that, knowing that it's Michael Waldron that they're going to go with to write the finale of this set of movies, how, how are you feeling about that? Um, I think you and I were both high on Loki, less high on Multiverse of Madness, though we didn't we didn't hate it. Um, so how, how safe are you feeling about Secret Wars, or has anything changed based on this news? No, I feel pretty safe about this. Uh, you can't win them all. Um, Loki, you have an episodic... A chance to write for a for one specific character, and with Multiverse of Madness, written I'm sh- both I'm sure were written during the time of COVID or right before, and rewrites during. I feel like Multiverse of Madness just didn't get its fair shake, but Loki had a strong vision for all, all for all time, and I think that uh, I feel fine. I feel good. I don't I don't have any worries about this one. Yeah, I think because he has been the multiverse guy he he clearly knows the end-to-end vision right and if they're already announcing that he's writing the ending that means they know the ending like they know how this is going to go down and exactly how it's going to play out so i feel confident in the ultimate vision coming together even though i did feel like the screenplay was debatably one of the weakest parts of multiverse of madness i think i may have even called it out because the dialogue was was clunky because the movie was so rushed and I think that the, it just got just got absolutely annihilated in the edit um, yeah yeah. though dude. the movie is still fun and it has a lot of good merit and Sam Raimi does a great job I mean you can obviously listen to our review for our thoughts on that but it has it has story issues galore and those are the main issues with the whole thing so um, yeah I agree I'm, I'm not I'm not thrown by this yet but we'll see how things go okay a couple of other quick Marvel things uh, Blade. Blade lost its director. Bassam Tariq has exited the project um, sort of abruptly. They were getting ready to produce the start production on this movie in November. He has exited the pro- project. There are rumors um, coming from the same report, which was out of uh, The Hollywood Reporter. So this will be like Boris Kit, most likely, if I can remember correctly. Um, I remember reading the article, but there are reports that Mahershala Ali is, is becoming a little bit frustrated with the process of creating the film, that the creative process is taking a long time. Uh, Basim Tariq just reportedly stepped down as a director to move over to executive producer role because the process was taking its toll on him as well. Um, how does that make you feel, Kirk? Blade, I mean, this was a movie they didn't have originally played, and Mahershala sort of made this whole thing happen. Um, you think they can pull the pieces together? Maybe Mahershala should direct. Maybe that would be fun. Uh, or maybe you or I should step in. I, I think that's a possibility. Um, as as much as cool as the character of Blade is, and as uh, culturally powerful as Blade is, there's just something about m- this character that, I don't know, like I want to like him. I feel like I should like him. But then I go and I try to watch the Wesley Snipes Blade, and I'm like, meh. It's just so, it's so dirty. And uh, I don't feel like the new Blade will have that part, that element to it. Uh, It'll have that like cry 
in it, but it won't have that just bottom of the earth feel, uh, which I don't feel like the character was was written. I think that was a 90s thing. So (laughs) I'm just not like super engaged yet to this property. That's probably the best way to put it. I hope that I get there. Uh, We'll see what happens. That's that's where I'm at for this. (laughs) Yeah, part of me is starting to wonder if they should have just punted on this altogether. Like they, it wasn't originally in the vision. Sure, you get an Academy Award winner calling you up saying they want to be in your universe. I understand why you answer the call. I understand why you move things around to make it happen. But there's been a lot of reports from a lot of different reporters that the Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, etc., that Kevin Feige is stretched very thin. That his amount of creative input and the amount of influence that he can have on the films that and shows that are coming out now is less so than he did in the first three phases, and. I'm guessing that that's not what Mahershala felt he was signing up for. I think he felt like he was like, hey, here I am, two-time Academy Award winner. I want to be Blade. (laughs) Let's give me all of the time and resources that you need for us to make this right, and I'll pour my heart into it. And it sounds like maybe that's just not there, which is a... It's a red flag. It's a red flag. So I feel like they should have maybe passed on this project and just waited until a later date. That's a huge consideration to say, yeah, you know, in the first... Phase one, two, three, they were releasing one or two films per year. Uh, and that was when they really amped up to it. And now there are four a year plus the TV shows. So yeah, if Kevin Feige, who is the magic behind a lot of it, most of it, 98% maybe, uh, of storytelling and vision, uh, why why, why aren't we seeing that in all the properties that are coming out? Why aren't we like, why isn't that clicking? I mean, the money must still be clicking, but the... Uh, customer satisfaction is dipping a little. So here's where he's got to go bust out the box, pull out the comment cards, read them one by one yeah. and start making some solutions. Well, I think it just, it echoes, it's it's so funny, like I think every big corporation just thinks it's not going to happen to us, but everybody is sitting here saying, well, as the Marvel Universe expands, the quality will go down. And, and so far, I think people almost unanimously agree that Phase 4 has been a bit of a lower quality per per capita you know like they're obviously releasing much more but the quality the average quality per show and per movie is lower than it has been perhaps in some other phases and so it's like we all saw that as a potential risk and now it appears to be happening and then it's like they marvel doesn't seem to be seeing that i don't know it's it's weird when these things happen it's like how can everybody from the outside looking in see it, but you guys who are on the inside just feel like you're immune to it? I don't know. Um, but a couple more Marvel things, just really quick. First one is Thunderbolts, because there, uh, Jeff Snyder from the Hot Mike podcast, The Ankler, um, which is a uh, The Ankler is a I can't remember if it's The Hollywood Reporter or one of those, but. From the Ankler, which is a blog, a movie blog, there's a, the Hot Mike podcast. Jeff Snyder is the insider on that show. He's reporting that at D23, they were ready to go with an announcement that Harrison Ford would be filling in for William Hurt, rest in peace, um, as Thunderbolt Ross, General Thunderbolt Ross, for the movie The Thunderbolts. That they were like going to announce it. And then Kathleen Kennedy said, no, this is about Indiana Jones 5. You are not taking Harrison Ford attention away from Lucasfilm and Indiana Jones 5. You're absolutely not doing it. So sounds like 
if they were ready to announce it, Kirk, this is a done deal. Nobody else is reporting this as a done deal, but there are lots of people reporting that this is Marvel's top choice. So I'm starting to believe that Harrison Ford is the new Thunderbolt Ross. And if we operate under that assumption, Kirk, is that is that exciting news? Or is that like, I don't know. Yes. How do you feel it, about it? Yes. As someone who, uh, when, I, when I went my, I, I've lost my words, uh, grammar, blah. <laughs> someone who went to the Indiana Jones show for like the fifth or sixth time in Disney World on my vacation. Uh, I just thought Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford. And then returning, this news came out. I was like, what? So it was like catered for us because we've, we've, we're so close to it. Like yeah. we, we, we touched the essence of Harrison Ford at Disney. Uh, like his, his handprints are all over it. And, and this seems and feels perfect. Uh, you can't have William Hurt, rest in peace. But man, I can't think of a better casting w- with all those circumstances involved. This is this is so so exciting. It's invigorating. Uh, it almost looks like it's been whipped. The the Thunderbolts uh, sign there has been whipped and and also an homage to Indiana Jones. So I, I'm just I'm over the moon. I, I want to see that so badly. I so 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 hope it's true. Yeah, I feel like. As much as we talk about the era of the Hollywood star being gone and things like that, the name Harrison Ford is one of those heavy, weighty names that, like, when it is mentioned that he's doing something, it's like, whoa, Harrison Ford? You know, like, that's that's a big deal. That's like, I know it's old Hollywood at this point, but that's, that's huge. That's a big, big, big deal um, for him to be coming in and potentially helming this movie, so... Let's hope that it pulls through. Let's hope that all the reporting is checking out there because I think it would be an insanely good casting decision and something that would make me even more excited about this movie than I than I already am. So we'll keep a close eye on it, let you know if it's confirmed. But it's, I mean, to, to me, Kirk, it sounds like it's pretty, pretty much a done deal. So I think so. We'll see what happens. So. All right, last one. And this one really is super quick. Armor Wars. Armor Wars. This is the Don Cheadle um, property. Uh, was going to be a series, and you're probably thinking it was going to be. That's right. They have uh, the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that it is being converted to a film, to a feature film. They were going to make this a series. It is a popular run in the comics, Armor Wars. I've read it. I enjoyed it. Uh, basically about War Machine sort of going out there and having to clean up all these other suits that people have made you know as a response to to iron man so it's like well we were worried about what would happen when tony made these suits here's the aftermath and here's how we're going to go out and clean it up because it's our responsibility to do it is basically the premise it's a really cool thing but they're turning it into a movie which i would assume kirk will get a theatrical release surely they won't put this thing straight on disney plus right i mean I feel like that's a line you don't want to cross. Not with the Marvel film. I mean, however, are we really clamming for a roadie film? Like, I don't, I mean, Don no, Cheadle. The answer is, is no, we're not. <laughs> Don Cheadle is wonderful, but the character, all of the fun, all of the interest was just sucked out of this character 
um, the moment that they switched actors. And it's not because of Don Cheadle. It's just because of the storytelling. Uh, there's just nothing, nothing there, nothing there. Yeah, we were, I, I mean, at least I was like openly cheering for him to die in Civil War. Like when he yes. got shot out of the sky by Vision, I was like, yes, this makes perfect sense. His arc <laughs> has ended. This works. And, and again, not because I hate Don Cheadle or his performance, but just because I'm like, Colonel James Rhodes is done. <laughs> you know, like yes. we're, I, I don't feel like there is more story to tell with this character. And to Don Cheadle's credit, he continues to do a great job with the character and make it interesting like certainly in Endgame I enjoyed Rhodey but it's like as an actual character story arc there's just nothing there so I'm surprised that they're going this route but I'm glad that it's not going to be a series I have to say that I feel like the movies I, I, I want more movies if I could pick a movie over a series I would always pick a movie because I feel like Specifically with the six episode format, we've talked about it ad nauseum. There's just something weird about that format that's not really working. When they've done different than the six episode format in Marvel, it seems to do better. And we'll see how it goes with like Daredevil being longer form and things like that. Um, but the six episode format is not my fave. I don't enjoy it. I, I feel like it's there's something just totally wonky about it. So if that's what they were planning for Armor Wars and they're going to go with a movie instead, I think that is the right move because a lot of those six episode series have two or two and a half episodes that are total stinkers. And that's because it should have been a movie. <laughs> you know, right. it should have been a film. Um, so we'll see. But it, this is definitely an interesting turn of events. And I guess, I don't know, this might be dangerous to say preemptively, but, but kudos to Marvel for like, changing the you know looking at it and saying this is not working as a show let's turn it into a film um and being willing to change the medium after they've already announced it and promoted it as a tv series yep my hope for this movie is that don Cheadle does die not don Cheadle. sorry (laughs) 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 oh crap wait good job on the quick correction there that was a close one (laughs) that roadie dies in this and that we see ironheart appear in this and she the mantle is passed he's like uh tony would have been honored that you carried on uh, the suit and she flies off into the distance and after his funeral or something so i think that would be pretty darn cool to see in this movie and a fine arc again if he if he lives yes. past this movie i will be very upset his arc will look like and just have tons of humps that's <laughs> like, like a buddy hop right? <laughs> yeah it's like oh he's back he's back yeah exactly but i agree i agree with all of that all right let's get out of marvel land and let's talk about the other big news that dropped today that was us portaling into uh whatever you're about to say portaling into Wait for it. The Mushroom Kingdom, Kirk. Because Mario is coming to the silver screen. Wow, with the Mario hat on standby. I love it. I love it, Kirk. Thank Um, you, thank you. Mario is coming to the silver screen. We got our first look at it. We've been waiting for this for a long time. This, This movie was announced a while ago. And as a reminder, This is the first time that Nintendo has made a feature film and partnered with another studio to do so. They are doing so with um, Universal's Illumination, who of course famously made Despicable Me, as well as the Minions movies and and many others, Secret Life of Pets, things like that. Um, So Nintendo has spun up a, a film production company. They plan to do more of this. 
And this is our first look at their Mario film. As a reminder, this Mario will be voiced by Chris Pratt. And there are many other voice actors. Jack Black is Bowser. Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Um, there's a lot of... Ke- Keegan-Michael Key is uh, Toad. So there's a lot of different <laughs> um, interesting voice castings going on here. But we will get a teaser for this movie on Thursday. So 10-6, October 6th, um, they're hosting a Nintendo Direct, which for anyone who's not a Nintendo fan, diehard Nintendo fan like I am, um, Nintendo Direct is their semi-regular webinar, (laughs) for, for lack of a better term, where they sort of just show, here's everything that's coming out in Nintendo this you know in the recent in the, in the near future and it's a very exciting thing twitter's always a buzz with nintendo direct but they are going to use it specifically for the reveal of this teaser and more info about this movie so kirk you have the poster we we haven't seen mario's face we haven't heard chris pratt's voice what's your thoughts i am very nervous about chris pratt's voice very nervous however this thing looks beautiful okay hold on hold on back up let's let's talk about the voice let's talk about the voice because i feel like what i'm seeing on twitter is that everybody is is anticipating that what whatever chris pratt's voice is going to be is going to set twitter on fire on thursday that people are going to be you know just just lighting their own houses on fire and and running around in the streets flipping over cars like that is what people are talking about like this like they are saying things like our society is too fragile to be faced with chris pratt's mario voice like seriously these are things that are being said by people kirk and they're they're not wrong but can i tell you my take on this and i have no idea if this is original i have not talked to anybody about this, but this is legitimately where I'm at. And I have evidence, so check this out. The only thing Chris Pratt has said about his voice in any sort of interview or anything, social media post, etc., he has specifically said, the voice that I've been working on is like nothing you've ever heard in the Mario world. Okay? He has said that specific thing or some version of that Anytime he has talked about it. Okay, so you ready for my take here? Yeah. It's going to be his voice. It's not going to be a Mario voice. There's going to be some sort of... There's going to be some sort of plot thing here where it's like... He's like the person playing the game. You know like the Lego movie where it's like... Yeah. There's a story within a story going on here. There's going to be something going on with like... He's the person playing the game and so it's his voice coming out of Mario's mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh, there's uh-huh. going to be some sort of gimmick. Because why do you cast Jack Black as Bowser? Because Jack Black, Bowser just goes, rawr, 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 rawr. you know, like he doesn't say anything <laughs> ever. That's right. like, and, and many of these characters do not. Even Mario only says a handful of phrases in the, in the, in the, in the, in the games. So like, yeah. why are you casting these people? And like Keegan-Michael Key as Toad? There has to be 
it has to just be their voices. I don't know. Right. Because right? Toad, I mean, if you think Keegan-Michael Key, it, he cannot stop talking, right? He yeah. just talks his way into in and out of everything. So having Toad, this shorter sidekick, uh, shorter than Mario, who's already short, is just going to be kind of hilarious, that juxtaposition. Like, he's just like, hey, want to go to you want to go this? We want to go to Mushroom Kingdom? We want to go to St. Peach? Like, he's going to be like a very manic person. I, I love this. I love that it would be the normal voices. I also want to see Mario turn around and it just be like Chris Pratt's face. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because like, why are they not showing his face? Right. Right. Like, like they're showing Toad's face. Right. So like, what, is it gonna what's look happening? Like Mario or is it the fact that you know who he is? We don't have to do, we don't have to show you his face. Look at this world that he's looking up at. Or is it Chris Pratt? Yeah. It's, these are good questions, Kirk, and, and I'm very intrigued. But I have to say, from a design perspective, I love what's going on in this poster. I love yes. the way they've manifested the Magic Kingdom into this film world. Um, there's some really cool stuff. If you zoom in and you're a Mario fan, there's lots of fun little Easter eggs for you to glance at. My favorite is right here in the bottom left corner of this poster. It says Antiques, and there's a bunch of... Um, little 8-bit <laughs> things so it's yeah. like antiques from the old game so it's like power switches and um, flute blocks and stuff like that from the old games there's a lot of cool stuff going on here but I'm excited I, I don't trust Illumination Studios at all to put anything <laughs> good out I just don't they certainly can but they, they don't do it on a consistent basis um, but I, I want this to be good so bad I, 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 there's nothing I want more Honestly, for this year, if I could if I could pay money to guarantee that this was a good movie, I would do it because I want a good Mario movie. My kids love Mario. My whole family is obsessed with Mario. Yes. Um, I've been dreaming of this since I was a kid. Like, in all seriousness, I want this to be awesome. I really do. I think it will be. I, I think we're not ready or prepared for all the speculation that we think this character should sound like or are are worried what it's going to sound like or worried that it's just not going to be perfect and i think what we're going to get is a awesome an awesome collaborative creative uh, cinematic phenomenon and that's what i'm in store for i think we i think they can do it they're gonna pull it off but really seriously i want like you know when snl becomes characters with green screen the face of chris pratt yeah. but on this digital landscape like that would be incredible even if they <laughs> even if it's just like an hour later they're like just kidding here's the real trailer <laughs> like that'd be pretty awesome oh my gosh dude I, i'm i'm so concerned because the hot takes are gonna be flying when that trailer comes out, I feel like the, the trailer has to be pretty much pitch perfect um, or at least like veiled enough to where people are like, I don't know what this is, but I love what I saw, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So that's as a reminder, that's coming out Thursday, this Thursday, October 6th. It's coming out. We'll have the trailer for you on social as soon as it drops, I promise. Um, and we will share our opinions then, but there's so much. There's so many questions there. Okay. A couple of quick hitters before we get out of here, uh, Kirk. The first is this... Uh, you remember hearing about this new Planet of the Apes series uh, trilogy? That's like do. that's like a real thing. In fact, they, they shared like a first look for it um, from 20th Century Studios. This is the very first look at what they're calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes uh, to be directed by Wes Ball, who is most well-known for the Maze Runner um, series. He, he apparently created this idea for a new 
extension onto the Planet of the Apes world um, with a new lead ape that's not Caesar and all these other things and knocked the socks off of the executives to the point where they were like, yes, let's do this. And in 2024, we're getting a movie called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. What do you think? Eh, I mean, what's the point if if it's not if it's not of the same w- world that we're <laughs> that we've just seen? I mean, it looks identical. I mean, that looks like Caesar riding on there. So it, like, I mean, it certainly does. It certainly. So what's does. the point? What's the point? I need more. I need more explanation there because in some ways they call it like it's a new trilogy but in other ways it's like this this feels almost certainly linked to it because the movie's called kingdom of the planet of the apes the previous movies were called rise of the planet of the apes war for the planet of the apes so the the naming convention of the movie titles is exactly the same which would make you feel like this is a sequel and not a new trilogy. And that ape does look, in terms of design, exactly like Caesar, and is even riding a horse like Caesar, which is imagery we're familiar with from every Planet of the Apes movie, but most iconically, I think, um, what, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I think is the poster right. that that's on. Right. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I really liked Matt Reeves' Planet of the Apes movies. I really, really did. And... With that being said, I am not clamoring <laughs> for more. I'm just really not. Like, I, I was ready for a pause from the Apes movies, even though those were good. Um, so, this seems an odd choice to me. It is. It comes at a really weird time to be cramming this into in an oversaturated reboot sequel market. I feel like you let this die down for a little bit longer, and then you play that card. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, oh my gosh, the last one was in 2016, 2017, and now it's 2030. This is so exciting. I think a little bit more of a waiting period would have done this better. Yeah, so. I eh. think it's I think it's getting hard for the big studios to find ways to generate the same amount of revenue that they used to because there are only certain types of movies people go see in theaters now. They go see existing IPs. Um, which are usually in the realm of sci-fi, fantasy, etc. They go see superhero slash action movies, and they go see they go see horror. People go see horror movies in theaters. Yeah. Other than that, areas where you used to be able to make money, like kids movies and uh, you know rom coms or dramas and things like that, it just doesn't yeah. exist in the theater anymore. There's no way no. to make a big living there so i feel like everybody's like it's it's never too soon to reboot <laughs> you know let's just dust <laughs> it off and send it out the door because they have to start getting butts and seats but i think this is too soon I, it feels it feels way too soon to me agreed okay a couple quick hitters and then we'll get out of here um let's see what we got so robert eggers um who did the northman he and his brother did the lighthouse uh they they did the witch as well his next movie is nosferatu a remake of the classic um whatever 190 whatever movie that that's Mm -hmm. that's an old 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 movie um deadline is reporting that anya taylor joy has dropped out of the film has dropped out she was meant to star in it 
and has dropped out due to scheduling conflict and is being replaced by Lily Rose Depp and Bill Skarsgård, uh, who, of course, famously has played Pennywise in the It series, will play Nosferatu. So he has he's going to get to play two horror icons in his young career. Uh, is this just the career path for Bill Skarsgård now? It's like he's going to go around and play every iconic um, horror person ever. Like they're going to unmask Michael Myers at the yes. end of Halloween, and it's going to be Bill Skarsgård. Is that what's yes. is that what's happening? Yep, we'll get Frankenstein as Bill Skarsgård. We'll get you know a werewolf movie. We'll get it all. We'll I get love it. All. it. I'm, I'm here for it. But yeah, so that's that's the quick news on Nosferatu. Nothing really there. I I don't have any issue with Lily Rose Depp, but it's like. I'm not going to choose anyone over Anya Taylor-Joy. I find her to be incredibly gifted. <laughs> so yep. I, I am bummed about that. I'm not going to say that I'm not. Um, at long last, community fans, they are making a film. Uh, this has been rumored. My gosh, Kirk, how long has this been rumored? Uh, people Since have been, the final season was <laughs> announced, I think. <laughs> people have been asking about this movie forever, and the people in the show have been teasing it for a thousand million years, and Joel McHale finally announced it. It's in the works. It's going to be on Peacock, so keep that in mind. Um, and not everybody is on board. Uh, no no Donald Glover as of yet. No Chevy Chase as of yet. Um, but Joel McHale, Allison Brie, Jillian Jacobs, Ken Jeong, and, and Danny um, Puddy all reprising their roles, and it's supposed to release in 2023. Everyone who is against it, uh, well, there's just the two, right? So Chevy Chase sounds exactly right because uh, the more and more I hear yeah. about him, the more of a grump and kind of an onset jerk he was. Um, but Donald Glover confuses me. Uh, that's very strange. But I know he also has, you know, Atlanta to worry about. Is that in its final season? Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, maybe he just wants a break, possibly, that he's just not ready for whatever filming schedule. So that one's a little bit more curious, but I also know he's super busy because he's in a hundred different mediums. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was surprised by that, but we'll see. And it's not too late. They could get pulled in. You know, they. who knows? I, I mean, I, I assume that if it's debuting in 2023, they have to be somewhat well underway with production. So we'll see. But that thing is coming. Um, more sequels. Now You See Me 3 is in the Ugh. works with Ruben Fleischer attached to direct, which is like so funny because, and nothing personal against Ruben Fleischer. He directed Venom. He directed the Zombieland movies. But I feel like if you ask me to pick one name, they're like, hey, they're bringing in a new director to direct Now You See Me 3. Who do you think they're going to get? That's the name I would have picked too. So it's just funny. It's like some days I really feel like I could be a studio executive. Just based on stupid crap like that. Um, so now you see me three is happening. I believe. I don't know Woody Harrelson. Who else is in that? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, of course. Isla Fisher. Uh huh. James. Uh, D- Dave Franco. Listen, I've seen both of the movies. <laughs> Just want to be purely honest. I watched the first one out of curiosity. I was intrigued. I freaking sure. love magic. I watched the second <laughs> one. I really wanted it to be good. And it let me down so hard, but I watched the whole thing. Now, like, I kid you not, 2022 has been the year of I'm abandoning a movie if it's not good, um, unless we're reviewing it. If we're, if we're yeah. reviewing it, I'm sticking to the end so I can say what I feel about it. But I like if it. This, 
if this was not 2022, now you see me too, I would have dropped out after <laughs> five minutes. It's so bad. 2022 so bad. is the year of film empowerment for Kirk. He, he, has, right. he has drawn a line. And now if it's not good enough for him halfway through, he's out. He's, he's, he's not sticking around. He's, he's bailing out. I respect that. I, I actually really love that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I was shocked to hear that there was a third one of these. I was like, people are watching these? And apparently it was Kirk. It was me. I was giving them all there. <laughs> You're the culprit. I was wondering who's out there watching these movies. Uh, oh, and I just got a text from Mr. Flesher. And look, I, I got to go watch the screener. Yeah, I'll see you guys he's, later. He's like, hey, man, this one's for you. Now you see me three. Um, no, I think people do watch them because I, I know I always see them in like, I feel like they're perpetually in like red boxes um, or just like scrolling across the top of Prime Video or God knows what. Yes. Like, I feel like people are watching them. I'm not watching them. I, I, I can't speak to the quality of the films, but I'm just, I'm surprised that it has persisted. Calling it right now, we're going to see a Now You See Me series. Like, wh why can't we? Why has this not been presented to our eyes yet? TV series? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, that's happening. You get that, three that, movies, you're definitely getting a spinoff series. That's, that's that's right for sure happening. It's coming to you on the Roku channel or Quibi, whichever comes first. <laughs> My money's on Roku channel. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> it's going to take a while for them to stand Quibi back up. But if MoviePass can do it, so can you, Quibi. Bingo. All right. Uh, last couple quick hitters. They're making a Figment movie. Um, for those in who are uninitiated, Figment is a character that is specifically from a ride at Disney called Journey into Imagination with Figment, um, which is a a weird old ride that has a has a voracious cult-like following of people who really enjoy this ride and this character. I have no qualms with Figment. My wife enjoys Figment. I like Figment. My kid has a, a Figment plush. We have a Figment Funko Pop, so I'm, I'm certainly not anti-figment but it's one of these things that disney has to like be sitting back and like scratching their head like why do people love this weird thing that we created all these years ago um and now they're making it into a, a feature-length film with uh seth rogan's production company point gray um onboarded to produce the film so uh de that's deadline reporting that any thoughts yeah. on this kirk i've never ridden the figment ride i have even this no most knowledge. recent time you didn't write it nope <laughs> it never has a wait kirk it's always like five minutes i don't even know where that thing is <laughs> it's right it's right like if you're if you're at nemo and then you go down like you're going to soren and like that building the land is it in that building no if you keep going there's like a triangular pyramid orange shaped building oh where we met goofy that one time Yes. Same building? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it shares that building. Yes, it's right there. There's no one in that area. That just feels like a cast member area. Like you walk down that avenue, you feel like you've made it. You've made a wrong turn and you're going to get escorted out of the park. Uh, on the way to Disney, my wife and I were like, is there a fully length movie of this? And now we'll be able to say that there is because why? Why is there? <laughs> Why? It, that's the thing with me, Kirk, is I'm like, this is all risk, no reward, right? Because yeah. because the only people who are diehards about this are the Disney Parks psychos. Um, and I say that, well, I, 
there there are tears to this. Okay, I am someone who enjoys the Disney parks quite a lot, but there's Same. these people. You got. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. If you know what I'm talking about, there are there are the psychos. Okay, and those people will probably hate this because the reason that they like Figment is because it's like not mainstream. You know, that's like right. that's the whole reason. And so if people start to like it. You know, it's it's a whole thing. And so I feel like this is all risk, no reward. I think this is a bad idea. That's my take. I think they came out of the revenue meeting from that adorable Figment popcorn bucket. Yeah, the popcorn I mean, bucket. Yes. A couple of years ago. Absolutely adorable. So cute. I, no shade at that whatsoever. I want one. And they said, listen, this thing, we made $5 billion off of this popcorn bucket. <laughs> People waited for five hours. In line, Five hours. To get it? No joke. And I think that was the that was the catalyst for this. So, bravo, Figment lovers! You're getting your movie, yeah, whether mean, you hey, like it or not. That was one of the funniest things when that happened. I was like, Five hours. I would." N-. And then I saw it, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> then again, <laughs> it cute. is pretty awesome." So. <laughs> Yeah, that was my exact thought process. But hey, I'll go see the movie. I have I have zero expectation that it will be good. And even if it is, like, who cares? Uh, like, that's where I'm at. Um, right. The ride is like a billion years old and, and feels a billion years old. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. But hey, more I'll power to you. <laughs> I'll never find You'll it. I'll never find it. You'll never find it. Okay, last bit. And this is specifically for you, Kirk, and for anybody else, anybody uh, big Bond fans out there. All 25 James Bond films release on Prime Video tomorrow, 10-5. October 5th, James Bond, every film on Prime Video. You remember they bought Metro Goldwyn Mayer um, back in the day, or, or not that long ago, for a couple billy. And part of it was the Bond stuff, and everybody's been waiting for the payoff. Part of that payoff comes tomorrow when all 25 films hit the platform. And that includes all of the... All of them. It includes all of the Daniel uh, Craig films as well. No Time to Die, uh, which just was released last year. So this is a big, big day tomorrow. This is great because I was, I, I was, I'm so close to rewatching all of the movies. Cam, so close. This is super nerdy, and I was like thirty percent into Tomorrow Never Dies, which is not a great one. And then they ripped it off Prime. It was on Prime, and they ripped what? it off for whatever reason. So finally i'll be able to finish that and then continue even though i've seen it continue watching all the way through uh my journey as uh james blonde the uh the gimmick that never happened on this podcast. yeah i liked that i liked that, that like existed but never existed like i liked that you teased it and then it never happened i kind of enjoy things like that i don't know there's something there's something somewhat magical about that <laughs> and you know <laughs> tiktok wasn't like in full force at that time true it existed but I feel like that's a really good just like TikTok gimmick. And I agree maybe there's enough James Bond people. I'm going to start getting James Bond into my algorithm and see if there's enough James Bond content to make James Blonde a reality. I like it. Um, I like it a lot. In terms of what else to watch for other than the James Bond stuff, there's a lot of good TV going on. We, we probably need to find a way to talk about some of this TV because Andor is sick. Andor is awesome. It rules. Um, I'm all about it. House of the Dragon. Um, I haven't gotten into, I, I, I have, I'm waiting because I'm rewatching Game of Thrones. So then as soon as I'm done, I'm going to binge watch the whole House of the Dragon. And 
the Rings of Power is really cool. I, I watched the first episode and a half and stopped because I was like, you know what? I'm going to want to watch this all in rapid succession. So I just kind of like went radio silent on it, but not because it's bad. It's actually because it's good. Um, so what I've seen of it, I really enjoyed. I don't know what's happened since then. Maybe it's gone off the rails. I have no idea, but I'm looking forward to watching that whole thing. I will join you as someone who has finally caught up to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. It's, it's accomplished. Kirk. Thank proud you. Proud of you, man. That's awesome. Thank you. That's a big day. Um, so yeah, there's lots of good TV. There's lots of good things coming out this weekend in theaters. The big release is David O. Russell's Amsterdam starring Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, which I know Kirk, you and I will be lining up to see that, that beautiful piece of art. Hopefully we'll get a chance to review it. And this week's review, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast will be Hocus Pocus two. Hocus Pocus 2, we're going to record it right now. Kirk's got his broomstick. We're going to fly out of here and fly over to another episode to record that. So in the meantime, I want to thank you guys so much for joining, whether on the stream or in the podcast. We're so glad to be back. We're so glad to be talking about movie and TV news. have to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric, who created our original music. We will see you guys later this week for our review of Hocus Pocus 2. Talk to you then.